0: I, I Tvah You, you Ashwinabham heard, heard, heard Vidvan Vidvan wise man O For the sake of marriage Samudyatam, samudyatam Prepared Ataha hence, Hints Twam twa, You, you Upakurvahanah not taking a vow of perpet- perpetual celibacy. Not taking a vow of perpetual celibacy. Pratam 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 offered. offered. Pati-grihana. Pati-grihana. Please, accept. please accept. May, May. Of, me. of me. Translation by His Divine Grace Srila Prabhupada. Swayam Move Manu, continue. O oh, wise man, speaking to Kardamomuni, I heard that you were prepared to marry. Please accept her hand, which is being offered to you by me, since you have not taken a vow of perpetual celibacy. What is your name, Tom? Ukesh. Ukesh. So this is Swayambhu Mandu speaking to Kardamomuni, offering his daughter, and they're going to be the parents of Kapiladev later on in this third canto. We're going to read that. Well, please repeat, Swayam Manu continued. Swayam continued. O oh, wise man, Oh wise man, I heard that you were prepared to marry. I heard that you were prepared to marry. Please accept her hand, please accept her hand, which is being offered to you by me. Which is being offered to you by me. Since you have not taken a vow, since since you you not taken a vow of perpetual celibacy, of celibacy purport, the principle of brahmacharya, brahmacharya is celibacy. There are two kinds of brahmacharis. One is called naishtik brahmachari, which means one who takes a vow of celibacy for his whole life. Whereas the other, upakurvāna brahmachari, is a ramacharya who takes the vow of celibacy up to a certain age. For example, he may take the vow to remain celibate up to 25 years of age. Then, with the permission of his spiritual master, he enters married life. Brahmacharya is student life, the beginning of life in the spiritual orders, and the principle of brahmacharya is celibacy. Only a householder can indulge in sense gratification for sex life, not a brahmachari Swain so Manu requested Kardama Muni to accept his daughter since Kardama had not taken the vow of Nyashtik Brahmacharya. He was willing to marry, and the suitable daughter of a high royal family was presented. Oma ganitivadanda shagyaan, <clears> jana shalakaya, chakshalami, tanyana, shri <throat> I was born in this darkness, figures, our spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him with all members of Sri Parampara. So vam ta srinna vam vidvan continued. O oh, wise man, I heard that you were prepared to marry. Please accept her hand, which is being offered to you by me, since you have not taken a vow of perpetual celibacy. Yesterday's verse was interesting. One who rejects an offering that comes of his own accord, but later begs a boon from a miser, thus loses his widespread reputation. And his pride is humbled by the neglectful behavior of others. So it seems like he's working (laughs) really hard to, Cardamom to accept his beautiful qualified daughter. But it seems also like that's maybe not necessary because Lord Vishnu himself informed Muni previously, that this daughter was going to come to him and that many wonderful things would happen. Karma Moon was, of course, a very exalted, elevated um, devotee of the Lord. He had performed one-pointed meditation for 10,000 years, I think it was, before all this took place. And he was meditating the proper way of meditating, which is, for surrendering and pleasing the Lord. You know, there are so many kinds of meditation now that they say you can meditate. I saw on the internet that people are practicing yoga now with a beer bottle in front of them. Yeah. And some people say you can meditate on anything. Even, I guess, a beer bottle in a yoga class. You can pay to go to yoga class and you can meditate on a beer bottle and become <laughs> become one with the Supreme. Anyway, Cardinal money doesn't the. Not the really process. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, our minds are restless in the West. we invent all kinds of things. It's, it's, you know, it never stops. But, uh, part of you meditated properly, let's say. And what was his result? He was, a, his son, he's gonna have the Supreme Personality Godhead as his son. So this Brahmacharya is <coughs> spoken of in this verse, and I'll read a little bit from Bhagavad Gita, fourth chapter, verse twenty-six, mentions some things that Shri Prabhupada has for us about Brahmacharya. He's talking about different types of sacrifices. As we know, people have different natures, and different types of sacrifices go with different types of people. This text number twenty-six in chapter four, which is entitled "Transcendental Knowledge," says some, the unadulterated brahmacharis. What is unadulterated? Huh? Uncontaminated? Yeah, uncontaminated. How could they be contaminated? The brahmacharis—they wearing orange. How can it be possibly <laughs> It happens. Some, the unadulterated brahmacharis, sacrifice the hearing process and the senses in the fire of mental control. In others, the regulated householders, sacrifice the objects of the senses in the fire of the senses. Asrita Prabhupada writes, the members of the four divisions of human life, namely the brahmacharya, the vanaprastha, the vana and sannyasa are all meant to be perfect yogis or transcendentalists. Since human life is not meant for enjoying a sense gratification like the animals, the four orders of human life are so arranged that one may become perfect in spiritual life. The brahmacharya's, or students under the care of a bona fide spiritual master, control the mind by abstaining from sense gratification. A brahmachari hears only words concerning Krishna Christian consciousness. Hearing is a basic principle for understanding. Therefore, the pure brahmacharya engages fully in pari- chanting and hearing the glories of the Lord. He restrains himself from the vibrations of material sounds and his hearing is engaged in the transcendental sound vibration of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Similarly, the householders who have some license for sense gratification perform such acts with great restraint. Sex life, intoxication and meeting are general tendencies of human society. But a regulated householder does not indulge in unrestricted sex life and other sense gratification. Marriage on the principles of religious life is therefore current in all civilized human society because that is the way of restricted sex life. This restricted unattached sex life is also a kind of yoga because the restricted householder sacrifices his general tendency towards sense gratification for higher transcendental life. said that a householder who's following this principle that sex is only for um, producing God-conscious children who doesn't indulge in sex otherwise is also following brahmacharya, is also a brahmacharya. So we should not uh, consider any difference necessarily between people wearing white and people in this saffron-colored dress. I was thinking how much we miss in our society this Roman target train. Not recently I was thinking about this, but some time ago. There's so much trouble in in society it can all be really said to stem from one thing: which is lack of God consciousness, lack of spiritual life. So, not having God consciousness and spiritual life to a strong degree, people are interested in material happiness, and they're not, there's no period of training for young people uh, to teach people how to especially young boys who are from intelligent families who have some mode of goodness. Apparently, Brahmacharya training is not for all children, or all types of people, but for the ones who have some mode of goodness, who can understand the importance of controlling the senses, this is essential training, that that there are people in society who, who learn this at an early age. The Buddha told us that um, one of the things that happens when you're uh, serving in the house of a spiritual master is that <clears throat> the spiritual master calls his students for meals to take the So if he doesn't call you, then you don't take the So the spiritual master does this to teach his students. You know, you don't just uh, look at the clock and, and, and think oh boy, at a certain time I'm going to be able to eat, take Poseidon and that's your focus because you don't know if the, if the spiritual master sees that you are focused on Poseidon, he will probably not call you, teach you, help you to learn. So this is good for us to learn that we, we can't just this is not the purpose of life just to feed our senses but we don't have this training so much nowadays and the, actually the, the message is just the opposite try to uh, enjoy your senses and body you know I have this that you can buy this will, this will be really make you happy. If you, if you like sense gratification, buy this. G. Vidyanda Prabhu can speak really nicely on these types of things. I'm not so entertaining as he is, um so. Sri Prabhupada says, "Sex life, intoxication, and meeting are general tendencies of human society." I've heard him speak that way before in lectures. Also, he says that nobody has to give training in these things you don't have to go to a school or a university to learn how to do these things sex life how to eat meat how to become intoxicated but these things are uh, you know promoted and glorified in society today so it's an animal society really with a thin veneer of uh, sophistication, Uh, but uh, animal life is prominent in today's, in the West. So the purpose of the Hare Krishna movement is to help people to understand that there's, you know, our duty in life is not to live like animals, but to come to a higher understanding that we're actually here to do what anybody can say. Krishna, Krishna. A real purpose, yes. Anybody know a verse they can quote that says, Lord Chaitanya gave up? A verse in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that tells our. What is our real position? Like oh, the position. That soul of Krishna.
1: Yeah, Do you, know that? you don't know the verse that says
0: Right now I can't even think of it. Um, um, I can only think of the last part, and it just said a das. It was the first part of that verse. Do you should know? Jivera Swarupoy, of the living entity, Swarup. Our real Swarup means constitutional position, like you said. Krishna Krishna. Krishna Nityadas, I think it is. Krishna means um, uh, to Krishna. Lord Krishna. Nityadas. We're eternally the servants of Lord Krishna. So we're not just little bodies with senses that are on fire to enjoy sense gratification. How you Krishna? But people have to have some training. Um, therefore, it's, a, it's such an important thing to be a parent. Who has children in here? Female, who has children? They're, they're grown now. Two of these responsible for children. This is, uh, you know, such an important thing, and it's, I don't know what's happening with it. It's the training of our children. Samantha, you're very fortunate you're going to have a child. Your second one. So you've come to Krishna consciousness so you can hear certain things and learn that it's important to teach your children. It's, it's your duty, it's all of our duty to raise young children. People shouldn't resist that. Sometimes we see people come in the restaurant and they want to let their children run around. You know, this is such a nice place. And they feel that the vibration here is very relaxed and peaceful. So they want to enjoy that. And they want their children to enjoy that. So the hands off as far as, you know, keeping control of their children. <laughs> I told that story about one fellow is just watching his child play in a fountain. He's throwing water up in here and screaming. There were other people eating on the patio, and it went on and on and on. I was in the gift shop working in there, and I was looking out the window. And went, when they? the parents are over there watching? When are they going to? Okay, let him play for a little while, then stop him. And then his sister went over there, and she started screaming and throwing water up in there. So finally, I had to go tell him, you know, this water we put, there's chemicals in that water to keep the minerals from ruining the, the system, so nobody should drink this water. Say, oh, no, don't, don't worry, or something like that. I said, well, you may not want to cooperate, but we have rules here also. And I tried to tell him a little bit, you know, and then he got really uh, upset. So um, there's another reference to uh, celibacy in Chapter 6. Anybody have any comments? Things so far? I want to make sure I end by it. About 15 more minutes. We don't get to do that at the mall fountains. Or, you know. They have security guards there? Yeah, you get to do that at the mall. So I guess that's where you get your training nowadays in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> mall security is there. Hmm. Lord Krishna is explaining about the uh, yoga process, going to the forest and sitting with the head and neck straight in a proper posture. And I thought I knew the verse of that. Somewhere it says he should give up see that, oh, I know where it is. Hmm. Yeah. To practice yoga, one should go to a secluded place. Not to a yoga studio in the city. <laughs> one should go to a secluded place and lay kusha grass on the ground and then cover it with deerskin in a soft cloth and a soft cloth. The seat should be neither too high or too low. It should be situated in a sacred place. The yogi should then sit on it very firmly and practice yoga to purify the heart by controlling his mind, senses, and activities, and fixing the mind on one point. One should hold one's body, neck, head, and head erect in a straight line and stare steadily at the tip of the nose. Thus, with an unagitated, subdued mind, devoid of fear, completely free from sex life, one should meditate upon me within the heart and make me the ultimate goal of life. So, um, I just thought it was interesting what Shuddha Prabhupada says because there's so many so-called yogis now that are you know like I said go to, go to a yoga studio go home drink wine you know sex life is there so this is not real yoga according to the, the Vedas to realize Vishnu Murti which is you know, the forearm form, the, yoga, the point of yoga practice is to realize localized Vishnu, Vishnu to form in the heart. To realize this Vishnu Murti within the heart, one has to observe complete abstinence from sex life. Complete abstinence. Therefore, one has to leave home and live in a secluded place, remaining seated, as mentioned above. One cannot enjoy sex life daily at home or elsewhere and attend a so-called yoga class and thus become a yoga. One has to practice controlling the mind and avoiding all kinds of sense gratification of which sex life is the chief. Anyway, there's more these things are in the Bhagavad Gita, you can read about that. I wanted to say some things about Advaita Acharya. We only have a few more minutes really. She wants to end at 8.45. Anybody have any comments or questions about the Bhagavatam verse? So to, today is the appearance of... ...appearance of observance day of Sri Abhayas Acharya, who is... ...mentioned all through Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chapter 5 in Adilinda entitled The Glories of Sri Advaita Acharya. I thought I could read quickly some some of this. And uh, just refresh our memory of who Advaita Acharya is, for one thing. There's a lot of nice pastimes and. I tried to look up some of them about Advaita I couldn't really get to the ones that I'd, I was thinking of, but uh, you know, we'll read some of the, the basic of philosophy of Ad, Advaita Acharya. Who can say what, who Advaita Acharya is, basically? Mahavishnu. Yeah, he's considered to be an, an incarnation of Mahavishnu. Divine incarnation of Mahavishnu, Yeah. <coughs> um, that's true, Advaita Acharya, these two names kind of refer to two aspects of Advaita Acharya. One is Advaita, I'm not sure how this works, but the name Advaita uh, refers to his connection with, his connection, he is considered to be Mahavishnu. And Mahavishnu is, is said to be the efficient cause of the material universe. He said that there are two causes for the material manifestation. The immediate cause, which is material energy, and the efficient cause. So efficient that as Mahabishnu sleeps, the universe has come out of his pores. He doesn't have to. And the material energy in the beginning is is, uh, agitated by the glance of Lord Krishna, or you say? Yeah, so, um, so Advaita Acharya is an incarnation of this uh, efficient cause, Mahavishnu, of the material universes. (coughs) And the name of Acharya is there because he, it says, it says here in text five of Adi Leela, he propagates the cult of devotion as said, uh, Sankarshan, this uh, form in the Chaturbhuja expansion of, of Lord Krishna, is considered to be the origin of the bhakti cult devotion. And Sankarshan is also, <clears throat> I guess, Sadashiva with the spirit, <laughs> spiritual form of. Uh, spiritual form of Lord Shiva, Sadashiva. Um, Advaita Chari is also said to be a, a, a manifestation or a, an incarnation of Sadashiva. So it's all a little complicated, but Shiva, um, uh, Krishna Dasakarava says that Advaita Chari is the Lord and the incarnation of the Lord's devotee, both. Therefore, I take shelter of him. Sri Advaita Charya is indeed directly the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself. His glory is beyond the conception of ordinary living beings. So we're safe. It's beyond our conception to understand these things. (laughs) I'm safe. Mahavishnu performs all the functions for the creation of the universe. Sri Advaita Charya is his direct incarnation. That Purusha creates and maintains his external energy. He creates innumerable universes in his pastimes. By his will, he manifests himself in unlimited forms in which he enters each and every universe. Sri Advaita Acharya is a plenary portion of that Purusha. So is not different from him. Indeed, Sri Advaita Acharya is not separate, but is another form of that Purusha. He, Advaita Acharya, helps in the pastimes of the Purusha with whose material energy and by whose will he creates innumerable universes. Being a reservoir of all auspicious attributes, Sri Advaita Acharya is all auspicious for the world. His characteristics, activities, and name are always auspicious. Mahavishnu creates the entire material world with millions of his parts, energies, and incarnations. Just as the external energy consists of two parts, the efficient cause nimitta and the material cause ba dana, maya being the efficient cause and puthahan being the material cause. So, Lord Vishnu, the supreme personality of Godhead, assumes two forms to create the material world, with the efficient and material. goes on to explain the efficient and causes again. Uh, it says, Sri Advaita Chari is the creator of millions and millions of universes and by his expansions as Garbogasaya Vishnu, he maintains each and every universe. Sri Advaita is the principal limb, unga, unga of Narayana. Sri Bhagavatam speaks of limb, unga, as plenary portion or unksha of the Lord. So, um, Lord Narayan and Lord Vaitacharya are called trunks of the tree of devotional service. Or Chaitanya is, is the tree in itself. And it has major trunks and limbs. And uh, I was reading something about, somebody asked, what is it Why is there a distinction between limbs and, or trunks and limbs? And uh, the explanation was that when you say trunk, there's greater intimacy with the main part of the tree. So that's there. And another thing we could mention about Advaita Acharya is that his main his mood was that he wanted to feel the ecstasy of serving Chaitanya mahaprabhu as his master but on one level Advaita the way Kichari was the senior of sri Chaitanya mahaprabhu he was older in age materially and uh, you know even when Katanya Mahaprabhu was a young boy of Lima before he took Sannyasana. Away child was the older devotee and uh, householder household and whatnot. But he, in one sense, uh, you know, was uh, what do you call it? He should have the respect. He had a right to have the respect of Lima were Chaitanya. Also, there's the fact that <clears throat> Advaita Charya was one of the two main disciples of Madhavendra Puri. Madhavinda Puri and who is the other one anybody know? Disciples of I know, you know, of Madhavendra Puri. The other was Ishvak Puri. And who was is Ishvak Puri's disciple? Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya. That's good Chris. So if Lord Chaitanya is the Disciple of the disciple of Industry, and Advaita Madhva is Madhvendra Puris' disciple. How is that? What's the relationship there? That's kind of a little bit twisted, and confusing the way I said it, but anyway, and you get the idea. Ontology. So, what's that? Like on the level of the spiritual. Advaita. of Lord. Just tell this one pastime, and waited charya was always looking for Lord Chaitanya to recognize him as his servant. But uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, was always respectful of waited charya because he considered him on the level of his spiritual master because he was a godbrother of Ishwar So, um Well, there's a couple of things that happened. Once Advaita Acharya was in order, he had in his his mind a plan for making Chitta Mahaprabhu chastising and making his superior. So he spoke some Mayavad philosophy from a certain book. It's called uh, Advaita Vashishta or something like that. And uh, in in this book, the, the goal is liberation. Simple liberation, not service to the Supreme Personality Godhead specifically, but just liberation. Which we know is a, is a simple byproduct of devotional service to the Supreme Lord. We don't even, you know, consider that as so important. Um, these things are spoken in different ways. So Advaita Chaya did that and I don't know if Sri Mahaprabhu heard it or heard about it. Then he chastised um, Advaita Chaya and Advaita Chaya was very happy. This is my uh, book. Can get, oh, it's 45. She wants to end it at 45. Anybody know any more about that pastime? I'm not going to even look, try to look it up and talk about yeah, it. I you told it beautifully. That was maybe it wasn't communicated so clearly that the reason that he did that was because he wanted to get chastised. Yeah. He, was trying, he wasn't doing that because he wanted he to do it. He believed that. Things. Yeah. He was, he was trying he was to saying, get the chastised. Yeah. In there, Srila Prabhupada, there's a purple where Srila Prabhupada talks about how important it is and how our mood should be, that we want to be chastised by superiors. You know, we want to learn. And and we want to get that ecstasy of serving. That's another thing I read about Advaita Charya And Nityananda also. Whenever they felt like they were serving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they had the the uh, you know this ecstatic feeling that you don't get by being a superior. You know, just like Rang, she does so many things, to today. All she does is serve. You know, she has that sweet uh, sentiment of servitude that is superior to anything else. And this is wonderful for us because even the simplest thing we can do to support Shiva Prabhupada, the mission or you know, that's there for us. Okay, it's 846. Anybody have anything else? We're going to try it again now. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tolerating. Right. Thank you. Thank you.